Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. What's up, Brian? Hey, hey, Bobby. Here we are, another listener's choice. Uh, it's great to interact with our listeners and we don't answer everything on the podcast, but we do a lot of responding via LinkedIn and, and email. This was one that came in just over the last couple of weeks. Someone who used to work for me, actually, uh, at, at the Dell EMC world and has hence moved on and works for a reseller now. And the question wasn't really a question, but it was more of a dialogue conversation back and forth. And I thought, you know, we just did a series on prospecting. Why is this question coming about? And the question was, Look, I'm, do, I'm trying to do everything you guys are telling me to do. I'm doing the challenger prospecting message. I'm reading 10Ks. I'm doing Google Alerts. I'm doing press releases. I'm doing everything you're telling me to do. But I just still don't feel like I'm different enough. I still feel like I'm that guy saying, let me have 15 minutes of your time and see if there's a good fit. And I thought when he first sent that message, I was like, this is an easy one to answer. I'll just quickly respond and, and give him some tips. But the more I kept trying to construct a response... I kept feeling like, man, there's there's a lot of content here that we, we haven't really shared. So we decided to do another listener's choice. Brian, I know we've done a lot of prospecting, but do you remember your first few years at Soft Choice and looking a lot like everybody else? Those were the exact days that I was thinking, hearkening back on, is because it's a, especially those early days, right? It was kind of wild, wild west, and everyone was competing after these Microsoft Enterprise Agreements back then, and we were trying to win the the storage business and the printer business and the laptop refresh cycle and all that kind of stuff. And it, the subscription man, advantage it, ring a bell subscription advantage. <laughs> yeah. Just, it was all about, man, I just felt like I was, um, one of 20 generic guys that called up saying I'm a large account reseller. And it just, it I, I can identify exactly where he's coming from, Bobby. Yeah, me too. And I, I was almost, a little dumbfounded when I couldn't just quickly respond and say something. Uh, so I thought more and more about it. And I started writing this episode thinking it's not something you can quickly answer. And so I thought, okay, no. let's have an episode and why don't we call it the million dollar question? Because the more and more I thought about it, this is the million dollar question. There've been billions of dollars uh, written about this question. Um, every book, Every article, everything I think I've ever read about sales is trying to deliver this wham message that says, if you do this, you'll get the meaning and you'll make the sale. Um, we talked a little bit about some of this in Listener Choice Episode 6, where we talked about power statement and your sales story. Um, we felt like we helped a lot there, but I still think the way this guy asked the question was more about differentiation. So I thought about it. And I don't think it's just the question about, I don't want to be that guy who asks for 15 minutes and see there's a fit. I think there's really two questions that I take from his. And if, if I'm wrong, then he can call me. He knows who he is. How do I differentiate myself from all the other sales reps calling my prospects and customers? That's the first question. The second question is when I sound different enough and they do listen, how do I get my prospects and customers to take time to hear my pitch? Does that resonate? Do you think that's the two things he's really asking for? Yeah, I do. I think those those encapsulate it. And I think there's kind of, yeah, and we'll get into it. I think there are some 
kind of maybe the first level of investigation to, to really do and think is what do the other people do? To, to understand how to differentiate, he really needs to be thinking about what, how do his competitors sound? Because you can assume and you can think that you know, but do you really know? That's a good point. Uh, maybe a whole other dialogue. Maybe we could have a, a roundtable of some of our listeners and say, what do you say? Maybe we can help each other here. But yeah, let's assume that we've all been around. We've all worked for different companies. The, the, the pitch is the pitch. The story is the story. Every sales mm-hmm. book's pretty similar. And as I thought about it, I really started thinking about the books I've read, question-based selling, solution selling, the pain chain, new sales simplified. The books that we've recommended to, to our listeners, they really are all selling the same message, the same story. If you try these things, maybe we're doing the same thing, Brian. I don't know. If you try these things, you're going to have better luck. Uh, yeah. What do they say? What's the saying? It's uh, same wine, different bottle? Yes. Yes. So. And a lot of these. I think I put together my own message that says, in reality, there is no single way. There's not. And that may be where we're trying to help our listeners a little different than those books are, is that every customer is a little different. Every need and want is a little different. And we're trying to help everybody on this podcast or listening to this podcast realize if you do a, a, a group of things well and you do it often, you're going to break down those doors, you're going to build relationships, and you're going to have a long, successful career in sales. So since there is no silver bullet, let's talk about those few things you can do to pro- progress your prospecting efforts and maybe get to action a little bit sooner than just asking for that 15 minutes. So Sounds great. I think there's three things we're going to tie back to those two questions. Um, how do I differentiate and how do I get them, how do I get them to hear my pitch once they start listening? So... We just did a whole series on it. We're going to add a few more new bullets, but it's about never stop prospecting. It's everything we talked about in the last series and a little bit more. So go back and listen to that. And we're going to add a few things because I thought it was interesting that he called out in his LinkedIn message to me everything we talked about in prospecting. So I felt like we needed to add a little bit more. And then what does different really sound like? That's number two. Um, if, If we think everybody's saying the same thing as Brian just said, what does different really sound like? And then when they are listening, I don't think we should pitch them, Brian. I think we should solve a problem for them. So those are the three things we're going to talk about today. Anything else you want to add? No, I, I think let's jump right into it. You know, when we, we did do a whole series on never stop prospecting, and it is so crucial. We, we, I, I like to think about it as at-bats. You, you're not going to hit a home run or get a single, double, triple uh, every time you're up to bat, but you, you've got to get at-bats. You've got to get prospective customers on the line, on the hook, and start building that in that pipeline. So I think, Bobby, you're right. You, you can't give up on that exercise. That's got to be f- uh, first and foremost to your approach here. Well, I know you're a baseball guy, and you're back in Texas. The Astros will be better than the Rangers this year. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they will. <laughs> you have no question there. I'm sure they but will. But before we talk about baseball or any of those other three things, I really think we need to tell the listeners one more time about Pigeon TV. That is P-I-J-N dot TV. Subscribers to Pigeon TV are entered in a weekly raffle for thousands of dollars in prize money. Brian, I've seen it every week. I don't know. There's been at least a half dozen people walk away with four figures, man, thousands of dollars. I love it. It's an easy two-minute video. So they deliver short video content on a weekly basis. It explains the insight behind a relevant emerging tech company. And these are not even necessarily verticals that you may be part of, but it's really interesting to see these new up-and-coming companies. And if you are a reseller, these are companies that are kind of prime to the job and core to the job of what you do. 
So what we love about this company, it's now two-time guest, Phil Wilhelm, uh, who's joined the program. What he and his team are doing at Pigeon TV is they're making it even better for Texas Show listeners. So if you go to Pigeon.tv, it takes 20 seconds, for real, 20 seconds. Subscribe and enter TSS in the promo code, and you'll automatically get double the number of entries in their weekly raffle. And Bobby, to your point, it's thousands of dollars every single week. So Pigeon TV, the insight you need regarding emerging tech companies, along with the prize money you deserve. Go subscribe today. Do it. I have to admit, I've watched every one of them, though, and I've learned a lot from those two-minute videos. It's yes. great to see a friend uh, and a list and a guest do the videos, but uh, I just learned some really big stuff about one of my storage competitors a few weeks ago that I thought was very interesting. Um I bet it's, it was interesting to say the least, because you heard it from a different perspective than all the internal noise I used to hear. So, let's—I think that's what's cool about it's it. Really yeah, it's really neat. You get you get you get insights on it. Could be your competitor. It could be. It's just who. If you if you're looking for a company to go work for, like this is what you need to be looking at to get up to speed on what's happening in the industry. Let's jump right back into it, Brian. Okay, three things: never stop prospecting. What does different sound like? And when they are listening. How do I get them to hear my pitch? Well, we don't want that. We want you to solve a problem. So let's jump into the Never Stop Prospecting. Again, we just finished a big, big series on prospecting. Go listen to that. But there's some more I think we should add. Um, and what I thought was the the interesting part about this guy's request was, how do I do better? How do I sound different? And I think it is about playing offense. Uh, it's an analogy, but um, it really is. At this stage, if you're brand new to a territory, have no relationships with customers and vendors, man, that would be tough. Even for me and you to supplant ourselves in a city where we knew no one, it'd be sure. a big climb, right? So I think the tactic is call everyone, invite everyone to every event, do whatever you can, be very proactive. Yeah, one one tactical way to, to do this is we all – have been in a position where we've been assigned a new group of prospective customers, or maybe it's an existing customer, but we're just one person deep in the account. What I have done in every territory I've ever managed is I've either hired somebody through Fiverr or I've hired a personal assistant or done something, uh, or before I had the money, I would do the work myself um, into going and updating contacts in the account because it's changed. We know that these CIOs and the VPs, they all turn over. They move to different companies. They move cities. They quit and change industries. Things change. So, Bobby, your point's spot on. Call everyone, but take a few minutes. Take a few, you know, take four weeks to refresh all your accounts and all the prospective customers you're calling into. Yeah, so we've, we, I think we've called that out a couple of times, hiring personal assistants, and maybe that's a whole series we can talk about. But mm -hmm. practically... Just give an example. What, what is it that you mean that you do? So if you go to Fiverr, uh, if, you, if you're not familiar with this, it's, uh, for listeners, it's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. It's basically a place for you to seek out services for anything. Freelancers. For freelancers. Yeah, it's people that are looking. It's a gig economy, right? It's just like the Uber of assistance. They may be uh, experts on... You know, producing a video for you, producing a podcast intro and outro like we've used. Um, it's it's hundreds, if not thousands, of topic areas. One of those topic areas is all research all your companies. So I basically built a relationship with the person on Fiverr over the years. 
that anytime as a new account exec that I would get a new list of customers, I'd send that list of customers to them. I would tell them the titles that I need and the information I need. I want their email addresses and I want their phone number. And so he'd go out and get that work done. So basically while I'm working deals and trying to get into new customers, he is in parallel working to get into new accounts or getting contact information so I can get into new accounts. And so everybody's going to say, wow, that sounds really expensive, right? So I, what do you, not at all. So give us a ballpark. Yeah. Well, if I needed, if I needed 50 contacts, what would, what would it take your guy to get you 50 contacts? Oh, hundred bucks, 200 bucks. Yeah. Nothing. Not the end of the world people. Uh, and that time that you save not doing it will save you a fortune on the flip side of that. Yeah, what's, what is one pursuit worth to you? Well, hope, you hopefully know, it's more than 200 question. bucks. Yeah. <laughs> that's the question, yeah. right? Like, do you think with, if you had a hundred new email addresses from, 50 prospects from the right titles could, with the right in titles. your account could you, could you get five meetings set up probably no. could you get one deal from those five meetings probably not to mention like you said inviting every one of those people to every event that you have upcoming yeah so it's 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 all about a full court press to, to continue the analogy play offense get it done the next piece of that playing offense is to make some commitments to yourself hold yourself accountable we talk about this a lot but Okay, I'm going to make a connection inside this company. What does that mean? I'm going to find a relationship, a relationship of a relationship of a relationship. I don't care what city you're in. Brian and Bobby are at least one degree away from somebody you're trying to prospect to. Ask us if we know them. Ask us if we would make an introduction. Find a local reseller that's going to be peeved at their current vendor slash reseller that's mm-hmm. selling something and ask for an introduction. Find some hobby that you have, whether it be golf, whether it be poker night, whether it be flying lessons, find a way to get to the same place that some people that your customer are going. Check social media. Find a way. It is possible. It's hard work, people. This is real money. So go go make that connection. And then I, I like to say this a lot, but do it again and again and again. And if you do that over and over, even if you just carved out an hour a day as a new rep, across the first four weeks in your in that role, you will have so many meetings to have with these prospects and customers, you'll be shocked. Would you agree, Brian, or am I just yeah. playing smoke? I agree, and I think a secondary thing happens from this, and I was just talking about this with one of my colleagues here recently, is then you start focusing on real deals and real winners. Because when you're working on just a handful of deals, a handful of prospects, Everything feels like gold. Yep. And we talked about watering dead plants. I'll tell you who doesn't water dead plants. Somebody that is working with a great group of prospects and has a lot of prospects. Yeah, no question. And so that's the never stop prospecting. We talked about a lot of it a few weeks back in, in the few weeks over that series. Don't stop prospecting, but get real granular at this stage for this question. The next one that we talked about was what does different sound like? Now, this one was where I think the, 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 the quick answer to this question broke down so much for me is because I, I, everything that I thought about telling this person to do was kind of the same old message that you most are yeah. probably giving. But there's so much experience behind my thoughts on it where it wouldn't just be me calling and leaving a message of, could I get 15 minutes, right? I would be, I would be my tentacles would be out in a million different directions and I would be trying to be different. Um, but the net, most deals are found by being at the right place at the right time. We've all heard stories of sales reps that left 100 messages for 100 days straight, finally got the call back and got the $1 million deal. I'm not sure I believe all those stories, but 
that might be one of the tactics. Um, I think the one thing I've prided myself on when I've got new customers is I've, I've never called and said, hey, I'm just your new rep. Would you like to meet? I've found a way through a partner, through a vendor, through a reseller that they had a trusted relationship to introduce me and me to say, I am here to solve some problems for you. I, I don't I don't know if you like the last guy or girl. I just give me a problem. I want to solve it for you. They've always got something. My support page is completely jacked up. Everyone said they would fix it. No one's ever fixed it. Will you fix it? I don't know my Microsoft rep. They won't call me back. I can't get to them. Will you help me get to them? You do one of those things and you'll be surprised just how far that goes with your level of accountability to that person. And and it'll be go a lot further if you don't ask them for something in return right off the bat. When you fix something, they're going to give you another shot to fix something. I, I love all those points. I think one thing I, I would add to it too is what if you told them outcomes that you helped other customers with? You know, what if you told them, if they didn't know who their Microsoft rep was, what if you told them, look, I, you know, not only can I help you with that, I helped um, this customer achieve X, Y, and Z uh, because of some insights I had into this new program. It's, it's telling stories. And the more relevant stories you have of customers that you've worked with and you've helped be successful over the years, the more interesting you are as a person to them and as a resource to them. That's a fantastic example. And, and I want you to tell like three more in part three of this little listener's choice because I do think... It is the difference when you get them to start listening that you're going to do what you just did and you're going to win them over and over and over again. Agreed. So when you think about, okay, I fixed one problem. Now they're going to ask me to fix another. You feel like you got some momentum. And what I see every average rep do is they ask for something too soon. Take your time. These, these relationships are built over long periods of time. You're going to have an opportunity to sell them something. Everyone that asks a little early is the one who sounds too salesy. So if you want to be different, take a deep breath and wait. What you'll find is years later, you'll be getting 15 of these calls a week. And you'll be burdened by these 15 calls. But that's when you'll remind yourself that you are a trusted advisor. It's a buzzword, but the person that gets called by the customer 15 times a week feels like the trusted advisor. When in fact, they're really nothing more than a great sales rep who solves problems. True or false? Yeah. Agreed. And then and it's not only the, the, the 15 calls you'll be getting are not just the companies that you called initially. There'll be, there'll be people that you did business with in the past and you've helped them achieve outcomes. And then they spoke to a peer at a lunch somewhere who said, my so-and-so sucks. Can you connect me with someone else? Who are you working with? Do you like them? They say, oh my gosh, I love them. You should talk to them. I'll introduce you over email. That's the way that the territory really grows. So in short, for me, to be different... I think it's a little bit of working harder. It's a little bit being better and it's a little bit not being so salesy. So we've, we challenged a lot of things in that prospecting series and we gave you a few ideas of being different. If, if you're listening to this episode and you're, you're questioning that and you think you've done everything we've asked you to do, I would ask, did you really send a letter? Have you typed or handwritten a letter and had some conveying message about a problem that you would solve for them? Have you tried to send a package? You, you want to be different. And we've given you a few ways to be different. Try to be different. And and if you and if you want to, if if you're not getting the response you want or you think you should be getting, why don't you forward one, you know pull out the customer information, of course, and forward that email on to Bobby and myself, and we'll have a look at it. And we'll probably have a listener's choice about that email. But don't be it. don't be it. bashful. We're not going to beat you up. We really want to help you guys and girls. 
Uh, and while we get a lot of good emails and a lot of good LinkedIn messages, those would be fantastic if you would send us a few of them. I think we should just get them. Don't don't wait. Just send them. Let's let us critique it. We'll help everybody find ways to get into those customers. So we talked about never stop prospecting, and what does different sound like? So be different. We gave you a new, a new few ways. Uh, and, and I think you will all get asked to solve a problem if you truly and sincerely want to. So the third one was when they start listening, how do we not pitch them our story, but solve a problem? So Brian, you you gave a good example, but never, never, I mean, never should you be pitching your product or your solutions or your company. I agree. There's a great, um, article on LinkedIn, uh, that was written by a customer, who had just sat through a series of evaluations. So they, they, they were going through an evaluation cycle for a new, I think it was like an ERP program or something like that, an ERP product. And they, they saw, I, I don't know, three to five vendors back to back to back to back to back. And they commented on how every vendor said they were so different. But they all started off with the deck. They all talked about how they were different. They all talked about their great culture. They all talked about the alignment between their culture and that company. They showed the NASCAR slide of all the companies that they work with that are all happy with their product. And then they all talked about how they like to keep the PowerPoint sliding right in the demo. Amazing. Every one of them did the exact same pitch over and over and over. And and if you're listening, don't you do the exact same thing? We just finished talking about being different. Like <laughs> I know I have. Don't pitch yourself because you if you pitch, you're going to sound like everybody else. So you should only pitch if you're working for QVC or do infomercials or aspire to do either one of those things you you should really be the one that starts listening when they start listening and i know that sounds like a cliche of some sort but when a customer says okay i'm taking your call okay i'm gonna listen you can't pitch you can't start to pitch you have to say okay give me a problem to solve i i used to say it and i don't it may be cheesy now i don't know but i used to tell everybody give me one thing to fix if i don't fix it then don't call me back I, i'm okay with that um it's costless to it's them, costless right? i mean it's an easy entry point for us to have some sort of a relationship but yeah give me something to solve and i'll solve it if i don't don't ever call me back i mean let me give give me one shot to prove myself um but when a customer i mean put yourself in their shoes you've probably done it yourself everyone that's listening the customer answers the phone. You have a shot to talk to them. Hey, are you happy with your current reseller? Yeah. I mean, if everybody says that, yeah. if everyone says that and then everyone starts to tell you why they're different, hey, can I show you my deck? Do you want to log into my WebEx? I mean, be different. Listen to what they have to say. If they picked up the phone, they picked it up for a reason and they probably do need some help. So how are you going to help them? I like to use a few tactics like if I get the chance and I'm going to ask him a question, what does your best partner do for you? What do you like about that best partner? Who's the best rep you ever worked with? And what did they do that you liked? Emulate those things. Repeat those things. And just take your pitch away and just listen to what they have to say. And you'll be surprised with how much they appreciate the fact that you're listening to what they have to say. One tactic I like to use, very, very similar, is, and I, and I mentioned it in the previous section, is... Um, if I'm, if let's say that they're not comfortable telling me that, cause sometimes it, you have to warm up the conversation a little bit before you can get straight to that is I'll say what, what companies tell me all the time or what my customer told me. And I'm, what I'm doing is trying to draw on experience and not just make an assertion without some sort of backup is I'll say what companies tell me all the time is they struggle with X, Y, and Z. Is that happened to you? 
Does that does that occur for you and your job? Make it okay. Make it that look. I hear this kind of stuff all the time, right? Make it smart. Don't make it something you know silly or generic. But state an issue or a challenge that you've had an outcome for successfully, so that you can complete that statement by saying, "Yes, I hear. I hear it often. One thing that I." that I do that tends to work. Don't act like you're the, you're the magical fix it, solve it all problems kind of person. But one thing that I do that solves that a lot of times is I help with X, Y, or Z. Is that something that's interesting to you? Is that something that I could help you with? And if it's truly compelling, they're not going to say no. They're going to be like, God, I got it. I got to give it a shot. I got to try. And it depends on where you're at and what you're doing and how big the problems are you are solving. But you get the opportunity to give the customer a chance to give you one shot. And then when you get that one shot, don't screw it up. It sounds basic, but it, it really is gold when it comes to prospecting and meeting new customers. I think way too often people are too pushy. They think their logo should drive the conversation. They think because they work at Microsoft, you have to talk to them. And then all those companies get reputations. I I just think organizations have people that hate them because of all the previous bad sales reps that came before them. And and you as tech sales show listeners can be different and much better. Anything to add to that section there, Brian? No, I, I think I would just wrap that section up, that group up by saying, um, if you've got some examples of this that you'd like to share with us, that's worked for you or that has not worked for you. And you don't know why it's not working for you. Just pass it along. We'd love to look at it with you. Yep. So, Hopefully we helped the listener that said they want to be different. They don't want to be that guy or girl that's just asking for 15 minutes to see if there's a fit. It truly is a journey. There isn't a silver bullet, but you can prevail and you can win this battle. It's just going to take a little bit of elbow grease and a little bit of effort and you will get there. No matter who you get to talk to an account, you must listen. You must learn what they like or what they love. And then repeat it plus 1%. That's my tip from raving fans. I talk about it a lot. Just deliver a little bit more than everybody else. Be the over-deliverer, and uh, you will have a ton of success in your career. Build stories, too. Like That's that's my piece of feedback is build stories. Know, know why you are successful to other customers. We had, a, we had a one-on-one with somebody that had just taken on a new role. And what we challenge them to do is really think about what makes you unique. Why to pe- why do people buy f- uh, from you? And, and understand that. Really try to rationalize that and then build stories off of it because those stories will be really valuable for, for prospective customers. No doubt. As always, listeners, average sucks. Average is the enemy. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sales Show. Until next week, average is the enemy.